Hello everyone and welcome to Eliminated, a Royal Rumble podcast. The podcast where we examine all the inconsistencies of the Royal Rumble match. Jim, we have another popular Royal Rumble that we're going to be discussing today. Is this considered... See, I don't... I know 92 is considered a popular Royal Rumble. I feel like 2004 is considered a popular Royal Rumble. I mean, I don't know about now, but at one point right. it was. Um, I didn't know that this qualified. I have to say, though, uh, and so for everyone, this is an evaluation podcast uh, where we look at just, God, how inconsistent this Royal Rumble match actually is uh, in general. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice to jump a decade in the past last episode we did 2011 and i always dread the 2010s so i'm really happy to do what is the last royal rumble of the attitude era it it is and we'll get into all the champions a little later on uh when we go into our roll call and it's weird because it's like i i know we're not done at this point yet but as far as one is concerned this is the last time wcw gets mentioned this is the last time ecw gets mentioned but we still are going to mention him maybe like three four more times before we're done with them and we have a guest yes we do we have a guest here this week uh let us welcome well he has his own youtube channel called okay fabe let's welcome connor what's up guys how's it going not doing good. Good to have you on. Uh, are you excited to talk about the 2001 Royal Rumble match? I am actually really pumped about this one because, you know, like you guys were talking about earlier, the 1992 is considered to be, amongst hardcore fans, probably the quote-unquote best Royal Rumble ever. But when I went back and watched this one, and I actually watched this recently and then watched it again to kind of get refresher here, man, this one's a whole like, – I think this one's a little underrated. I think this one's a lot of fun for a bunch of different reasons. I agree. Now, let me ask – I guess let's start with the usual that we start with the guest with. Uh, what are – like, what are the years that you follow pro wrestling? What promotions do you follow? Just give us a little background on your, I guess, pro wrestling fandom. Sure. So it's actually kind of very uh, coincidental that this time frame we're talking about, 2001, is right around when I started watching wrestling, believe it or not. I was actually late in the game. So I started right on the end of the Attitude Era. I started watching in like 2000, um, coincidentally by accident, because my mother took me to a show, didn't know nothing about it, and then I got hooked into it. So uh, this time frame was just about right when I was getting into it. I didn't watch WCW at the time. I didn't watch... Uh, anything but WWF, but as my you know, as things progressed and, and life went on, especially with WWE releasing you know um, a lot of documentaries and stuff, I got more intrigued about the history of pro wrestling. So I went back and started watching. And then the network, I pretty much just had no life for a year because I just binge watch everything that was on the network. <laughs> so um, you know, and then I sold my DVDs. It was crazy. But this was just about the time frame that I started getting into it. And it's funny because I do remember ordering this Rumble and begging my parents profusely to uh, order this, and then. Uh, in the later year WrestleMania. So this is actually right around the time I started getting into it. Yes, and let me ask you this. So we're going to kind of break the fourth wall a little bit here. I had been talking to you about you were either going to do this one or you were going to do 2016. And my curiosity is why did you – because you seem to have openly preferred 2001. Um was that is is it just because of the 
reason that you said, or do you think it'll be funner to talk about? Let, let me get your. Yeah, so we were kind of talking about this, you know, a little bit beforehand, and I, I was mentioning that there's, you know, number one, like I said, legitimately, like looking back at all the rumbles, this one was very rem- memorable for me, not just because I remember like ordering it as a kid, like getting into it, but one of the things that I, you know, I also do on my channels, I also do retro pay-per-view reviews, and one of the things that I always talk about when it comes to rumbles, which is very hard to review, as I applaud you guys for being able to do this on a consistent or basis, uh, <laughs> is that it's hard to kind of like review. A rumble and like say what makes a good royal rumble like you know and i think for me anyway and i don't know about you guys but the big thing for me is being able to properly balance uh, and kind of have multiple things going on at once you don't just have like the story of the rumble and the winner which is obviously the end result but you have other storylines that are either like wrapping up or continuing or even starting at the rumble going into wrestlemania season and i also mentioned how wrestlemania 32 was the uh, one wrestlemania i did go to i actually went down to dallas and did the whole thing and so rumbles tend to get you excited about the paper about wrestlemania's and obviously i purchased my you know uh my travel package months before rumble of 2016 but i watched it and went do i still have to go to <laughs> dallas do i really uh what's the refund policy <laughs> it's so fun so that's our next episode ladies and gentlemen 2016 um he won't be on that episode, but even worse, I'll be on that episode because I am going to be maybe the angriest I've ever been on this podcast for the 2016. I'll just be sitting back and listening. Oh, you and, and I swear, Bill, I will attack you if I hear the wrong words out of your mouth. That's how angry I was watching because I'd never seen it um, until doing this show. So. The wrong words are Triple H winning was good. There you go. Those are the wrong words. You're right. I'm already almost (laughs) set off. Just by you saying that, I'm angry. Um, (laughs) Okay, but no, seriously, though, we're going to look at it like all Royal Rumble matches, and I'll point out exactly how inconsistent that Royal Rumble is because it is very, very illogical and inconsistent. Um, basically what I'm saying is if you love the 2016 Royal Rumble, it might be a skippable episode for you. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, um, future episodes, I just want to mention we have our open call on May 25th, uh, the day of Double or Nothing. So any casual person can answer an open call on our social media and be part of the show like Jeremy was for 2011 and Jay was for Royal Rumble 2013. All right, Bill, let's get to the roll call of champions. All right. So going into the Royal Rumble, here we go. Starting off with WWF. The current WWF champion at this time is Kurt Angle. The Intercontinental Champion is Chris Benoit. The Women's Champion is Ivory. The, uh, oh yeah, the Light Heavyweight Champion, yes, that belt still existed at this time, folks. Wow. The Light Heavyweight Champion is Dean Malenko. The Hardcore Champion is Raven. The Tag Team Champions are Edge and Christian. The European champion oh is God. William Regal. The best. And Yeah. And that's it for WWE. Now going to WWE. Oh, that's it? I'm sorry. What was that, like seven titles? I think so. <laughs> it's By not nearly seven. 
there's 17 right now. I counted, by the way. Oh, try, it's bad. It's like this is a today's is today's product is just like the everybody gets a trophy society. Uh, All right, Bill, continue. All right. So to WCW, <laughs> Scott Steiner is their world heavyweight champion. Uh, their current U.S. champion is Shane Douglas. Their tag team champions are. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm messing up today. Uh, <laughs> they are Chuck Palumbo and Sean O'Hare, members of the Natural Born Thrillers. The cruiserweight champion is Chavo Guerrero. And this one you're going to want to remember for a little bit later on, the hardcore champion is Ming. <gasps> and finally, in ECW, so this is they're pretty much their last champions here. The ECW champion, heavyweight champion, is Rhino. The world television champion is Rhino, and the ECW <laughs> tag team champions, Rhino. Rhino. Just kidding. Oh, <laughs> it's damn. a Danny Doring and Roadkill. Wow. What a stacked roster ECW is. Yes. Story-wise, going into the event. Yes, yeah, story-wise, going into the event. Triple H came back on Raw about three weeks before the Royal Rumble, costing Steve Austin the WWF title. And basically, to a degree, because of that, he gets awarded the title shot against Kurt Angle at the Royal Rumble. Very, very interesting situation. Uh, meanwhile, Kane and The Undertaker, are they back together? Oh, my God. Are they in cahoots, Bill? Are they in cahoots? We really don't know. We definitely know, though, after this. And Vince McMahon has taken back control after firing Mick Foley just before the holidays, proving that he is a Grinch. And he is in a, well, very scandalous relationship at this time with Trish Stratus. All right. Uh, <laughs> a lot of stuff going on, especially with Rhino. Stuff. Especially that... with Rhino. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Hey, uh... Hey, uh, okay, Fabe, did you, uh, how did you feel about all, do you remember all this stuff? Because you said this is, like, when you were starting to get into it. Like, from other promotions, were you following the Rhino double champion thing? (laughs) I was not right, I was not following ECW featuring Rhino. I did not, uh, or Rhino featuring ECW, basically, in this case. No, I wasn't really, you know, I just kind of was only exposed to WWF, so I don't, I didn't really follow WCW or ECW at this time. I, like, just got my feet wet. But I do remember everything about this going into it, because we just came off of the, um, Austin figuring out who ran him over. That was a couple of months prior to this, I, and then it was kind of leading into all this stuff. So I do remember like all that craziness with Triple H and 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 Austin, which we'll get into a little bit. But like uh, I do remember most of this stuff. Some of it was like, oh man, I can't remember. I can't I can't believe those people were in there at this time. But um, for the most part, I do remember like most of the storylines going into it, including um, the the random one, which we'll get to in the first five, which I know you, who's a Hall of Famer now, actually. Hmm. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah. let's talk about some pre-match stuff. What do you got, Bill, for some pre-match stuff? Because I have a decent amount. Um, well, I have The Rock cutting a promo, um, talking about you know how he's in New Orleans and how he's going to win the Rumble again, and it doesn't matter if it comes down to him and Perry Saturn, him and Crash Holly, him and Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's just going to win it again. 
Uh, he also says him and Bob Buchanan. Oh, Bob Buchanan, yeah, that was which, another. Which I write, I want. <laughs> um, I I just remember there were a lot of segments with Drew Carey. Yes. That's we, who I was referring to. <laughs> which we didn't know going into that he would be a participant. Correct. I mean, they showed him entering the arena. He meets Triple H and Stephanie. And then I wrote down Drew Carey says something about Kamala. <laughs> I missed that. Did anyone else catch that? No? Did I imagine it? Maybe. I'll, I'll have no, to... I, I don't remember that. Right, I thought Drew Carey said something about Kamala. I'll go back. We'll visit this in 2016. Well, or at least as a side note. Right. (laughs) Side note, Drew Carey is in a love relationship with Kamala back in 2001. (laughs) What a story. I have the DVD of that show, so I'll go check it out. Uh, We have the APA shares numbers with each other, and then Crash threatens uh, the APA. (laughs) So I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. Drew Carey flirts with Trish, and then that is what... what actually gives Vince McMahon the incentive to uh, to convince Drew Carey to enter the Royal Rumble. And and there actually is a reason why Drew Carey is at this Royal Rumble. Would you like um, to give the reason, please? Yeah, I would, actually. Um, he I is, remember the reason. Yeah, I did, too. He is there to promote his improv all-star pay-per-view event which was coming the following Saturday. So this is when Whose Line Is It Anyway was a huge show, and Drew Carey was the host, so he was there to basically promote that pay-per-view. Connor, did you know anything about, like... I don't know, that's a bad way to say it. I guess... Were you a fan, <laughs> were you a fan of, of Drew Carey? Like, did you I know that he was... Did you know he was putting on a pay-per-view prior I, to this? I didn't know he was doing a pay-per-view. I, I, I'm, I was a fan and still am to some degree a fan of the Whose Line Is It Anyway show, but I didn't know he was doing a pay-per-view, um, which to me is very, very strange that the first thing you think of is, I'm going to do a pay-per-view, let me go talk to Vince McMahon, which I get it. Vince is like a pay-per-view you know, powerhouse, mm-hmm. but like I just w- – I don't know. I mean, personally, I would have liked to have seen Ryan Stiles in the Royal Rumble, but I'm not going to complain <laughs> about that either. But that's neither here nor there. But no, I, I I remember I loved the show, but didn't know about the pay-per-view. It just seemed kind of like perplexing that he would do a pay-per-view like that. Mm-hmm. Then I, I like how that went. Then I have a segment here. Wait, you watched it, Bill? No, I, no, I didn't, oh. but I would have liked to have known how that show went. Hey, how much do you think it costs compared to a WWE pay-per-view, the, the comedy show? I'd say thirty bucks. You think it would be? See, I was thinking they'd probably go for ten. Because I don't know, it just doesn't seem like something that you can charge sixty or even thirty dollars for. No, definitely not sixty. All right, I'm just curious. All right, I also have this uh, a note here. Harvey Whippleman gives Drew Carey wrestling gear. Kane enters, and then also we find out that Drew Carey. Got Tiger Ali, either Tiger Ali, D'Lo Brown, or Chaz's spot. Because Tiger Ali, D'Lo, and Chaz all argue with each other on who is going to be in the Royal Rumble. And McMahon comes and takes the number and basically says it's going to someone else. And he says that someone else is Drew Carey. You know what's amazing to me about this? Think about that 
when Vince Russo was there, how much D'Lo got pushed. And now that he's not, look what he's doing. Like, doesn't even really get on the card for the most part. It is true that, like, you really have to have someone in the backstage area really give you that push. Because once, like, really fight for you. Because if you don't, then you can just wind up doing absolutely nothing on one of the major pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have found information on this. On <laughs> what? That, on that pay-per-view. Okay. Okay. So the name of the paper or of this pay-per-view is Doritos Presents Drew Carey's Improv All-Stars Live on Pay-Per-View. This aired on January 27th, and it was at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. The pay-per-view price, $19.95. Okay. Well, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Ah. Connor, you don't think that's fair? You think it should be no. more or less? I mean, for some reason, I don't know why, but in the back of my mind, the, the number 999 seems really good. <laughs> um... There is video of this up on YouTube. It's in six parts, okay. if anyone is interested. But it's uh, it's typed in wrong. It's typed in as Improv All-Stars 2006. So if you type that, you'll get the 01 special, and it's in six <laughs> parts. So. What a weird way to find something. <laughs> yes, and it comes from whose line is it anyway.fandom.com. <laughs> Connor, maybe that's what you should start doing with your YouTube pages. Like, say, like, you're talking about something in 2010, but then label it, like, 2019. Doritos Presents. Yes. Okay, babe. <laughs> Featuring Rhino. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, let's talk about what are we going in with? We're going in with no managers, Bill. Right, the I most guess. inconsistent rule in the history of the Royal Rumble match. Um, if you continue, uh, if you continue to do Royal Rumble reviews over there, just keep make note that that rule will probably change each time that you do a Royal Rumble match, mm-hmm. whether there's managers or not. It's a two-minute interval. Your announcers are Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler. Uh, right. Do you guys have anything to add before we start with the Royal Rumble match? Well, I was I'm just good. Add, uh, because it is two minute intervals, each section is ten minutes for us. Correct. For us, yes. Gotcha. All right, let's go. All right, let's get going. Entries one through five: one Jeff Hardy, two Bull Buchanan, three Matt Hardy, four Farouk, and five Drew Carey. And I have during this segment eliminated Buchanan, Farouk, Matt, and Jeff, and we're going to start the conversation off with Bill. Okay, so my first note is Jerry the King Lawler when Jeff Hardy comes out and he says out loud, Jeff Hardy's having a seizure? Because oh. <laughs> Jeff Hardy does his dancing and Lawler thinks he's having a seizure. He's not wrong. No, he's not wrong. He's really not. I have on one of my notes here, odds are against... Bull Buchanan versus The Rock. Pretty much. Or... I was rooting for B-squared, damn <laughs> uh, Matt and Jeff, this is about 15 years before people actually would care about their feud. 
I feel like Matt and Jeff are, it took them a long time. Like they would fight every once in a while, but I never really cared probably until they did the, you know, till obviously WWE didn't do this, but till they adopted the broken Matt Hardy gimmick. Right. And it's always yeah. been amazing to me because it feels like something I should care about. Do you, either of you two agree with that or disagree? No, I, I, I can kind of agree with that. This was, I think, you know, like I, we were saying earlier about, like, Rumble's precursing something. Now, it wouldn't be a while until we see the Hardys go at it with each other, but I did like the little tease here at the beginning. And, and they've done that before where they have, like, tag team members, you know, face each other. It's every man for himself. I can't tell you how many freaking promos I've heard of Rumbles in the past with that. But it's true, and I, I like that because, you know, you, you didn't expect it. The Hardys have been such a great, stable team. They just... Um, you know, they just did. I think they did TLC. You know, earlier uh, prior in SummerSlam the year before. So it's not like anyone was thinking like, oh, they're gonna split up, or they had to even really tease it. So this was kind of like the first tease of that. And also, I for completely forgot that Bull Buchanan uh, was part of Right to Censor. So that was a fun little uh, refreshing little. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> Here's a great. In the qu- end, they won. Here's a great, great question for you. I don't know if either of you would know this, and I certainly don't know it. What is Drew Carey's theme song? It's not Cleveland Rocks. Can't it's definitely right. not. And I don't think it was Cleveland Rocks back then. I don't think this was like an edited off a DVD slash WWE Network situation. It wouldn't... Su- Go ahead, Bill. You want to take a guess? Say, it might be one of their like generic themes. But you, can... but you never hear it again. I don't right. think so. I don't think I've ever heard that song again. <laughs> So, like, uh, here's my guess. My guess, it's the theme for his pay-per-view next week. Refresh my memory. Is it like an upbeat kind of like dun-dun-dun? No, it's very generic. It's uh, kind of like a, I guess, I think think there's a lot of drum, like dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Yeah, there's some guitar in there too. Some guitar, yeah, yeah. I just I just found it and I have no earthly idea what the hell it's called. <laughs> See, it's literally called Drew Carey Arena theme. And the re- <laughs> and the <laughs> reason why I'm saying it's not a WWE generic song is because WWE would have used it for something else. Just mm-hmm. like how um Alicia Fox comes out, or at least she used to. I have no idea if she does anymore, because I don't really watch the current product. She took Maria's song, uh, mm-hmm. that party song, right? Uh, party. Then uh, there's other examples. I mean, I think they've used. I, I mean, I'm not going to waste too much time on this, but I'm just saying, there's a reason why it didn't come back for anything else, in my opinion. Women scream as Jeff Hardy takes his shirt off. <laughs> See, women did the same thing when I do it, but usually it's in sort of like fear or terror. <laughs> Connor, what do you have for this segment? Uh, the big thing I was going to mention about was the Hardys. Uh, Drew, it's really funny going back and thinking that like Drew Carey, after this, was by himself. The Hardys eliminated each other. They took out Bill Buchanan. They took out Farouk. So at the end of it, Drew is sitting there in a sweatsuit just waiting for the next person, which this is why I can't wait to talk about the next part. But it's it just like dumbfounding. And and, it, and to me, I like stuff like that because it, I, I'm a fan of like goofy, stupid humor. <clears throat> so obviously there's going to be a lot of segments about that. And so 
again, another reason why I like this rumble, it's well balanced. We're going to get a lot of like action and drama towards like the middle and the end of this rumble, but the beginning sets it off well with you got the Hardys teasing of a but maybe of a split up in the future. You've got Drew Carey and his comedic shtick going on. And we got other things that we'll talk about a little later on, but I like it because it's well balanced. So, I thought it was a pretty fun explosive way to start with the Hardys being all fast-paced, then Drew ironically slows the pace down. Mm. If I'm not mistaken, I believe at one point Lawler says that he would wait like to to get into the ring, like, and I thought that was interesting because in the last episode he was against that. In the last episode we talked about 2011, he's like and he complained on uh, he should get in there. It's a it's the Royal, they should fight each other. It's the Royal Rumble, like they, it's a complete opposite of what he would say a decade later. Well, Lawler's a classic. I mean, I love him to death. I really do. Like him and Heenan have some of the best lines I've ever heard in commentary. Um, it, it probably is because, and I, I don't think, I don't think anybody does hide in this one. We no. do have, we do have something that's close to it. Spoiler alert, later on. <clears throat> but as far as people like a heel, like waiting to get in the ring, like hiding underneath or something, we don't, we don't get that in this one, which I kind of thought was interesting, especially considering the next two rounds of like five people we'll talk about. Speaking of Lawler, here's a quote from him to Drew Carey. Take your glasses off. You're not a Dudley. <laughs> I forgot about that. Very good observation there, Jerry. Uh, that'd be Drew Dudley, if you don't Right. Mind. Or Double Ds. Ooh, that's really good. I like it. Bill, what else do you have for this segment? All right. I have, there is a fan within like the first three rows guys in a tie this might be my favorite fan i've ever seen at a royal rumble really because he comes up with these different signs throughout the night there's like one that isn't his but like the best ones are from him and my first one is drew carey 316 yes i had that actually Um, and then Jerry Lawler made a, a another quote about the Hardys and when they were positioning themselves when they were fighting. I knew what he meant, but it could be taken the wrong way. He's like, oh, the Hardy boys, they're getting higher and higher. Oh, God. I didn't even catch that at all. Epic foreshadowing. Yes. <laughs> Connor, what else do you have for this segment? That's the big stuff I've got off of this one. It was more just the the fun antics of Drew and the Hardys and uh, how Farouk uh, looks like a badass. And I think time does not um, does not affect this man whatsoever. He is a god amongst men, and I do not want to ever get in his way. His performance in this match, however, not great. He didn't last that long at all. No, but he's not the one that lasted the shortest. Thank really? You. Okay. Yep. Um. So, do, how do you feel about so? Looking back on it, I, I guess, Connor, you might have kind of answered this already, so I, I mm-hmm. want to really ask Bill. Um, Drew Carey, mm-hmm. did you like it then, and do you like it now? Watch it, looking back at it. At the time, I I was thrilled, because I was a Agreed. Drew Carey. Me too. I, I watched the Drew Carey show. I watched Who's Line. I still watch Who's Line to this day. Um, looking back on it now, it's like, okay, I understand where they're coming from, but they could have gotten away with not doing it. Mm. Like, I'm not peeved, I'm not upset that Drew Carey took a spot. So, it's like, eh, 
it it happened. See, That's I, how I I liked it then, and I have to say, I think I I still like it now. I think he did a good job. Um, you're right. I wasn't angered at all by it. Man. Like when I'm like with 2012 when we talked about all three of the announcers going in, which I and was angered about. And that's the thing. This is not a wasted spot. Right. Doing it this early in the match at number five is about as perfect as you're going to get. Because mm-hmm. if you did it towards the end, like the higher numbers, then there probably would be people that would be upset. Mm-hmm. But doing it early, I think was a great move. Connor, you want to add anything about Drew real quick? Um, not at this part. Oh, perfect. <laughs> perfect timing. On the next part, I will. <laughs> All right. So now we go to six through ten. Six, Kane. Seven, Raven. Eight, Al Snow. Nine, Perry Saturn. And ten, Steve Blackman. And I have, during this segment, eliminated Drew Carey. And hey, since we're go. talking about Damn. Drew Carey, we start the discussion off with Connor. So, I mean, when you heard that – when I saw Drew coming into the Rumble, it's like, okay, what could he possibly do? And like I told you, him being in the ring by himself, it's like, well, what the heck? And, and so me not knowing any better figured they were going to do a comedic spot. I'm thinking, okay, it might be – and then all of a sudden you hear the big pyro go off, which I miss the pyro, um, with Kane coming out. And it was just – I love – jr and commentary when he when stuff like that happens as like you know you overblow stuff but god i love jr and Con- oh my god like he, like he's gonna die like he made this pretty crystal clear that drew carey is a dead man walking i love i loved how drew tried to pay him off i thought that was just absolutely hilarious uh just to have it showing the money and then i don't know about you but was he laughing when he was getting choke slammed did you guys ever pick i that up? didn't notice it and i mean I'm someone that noticed when it looked like Greg Valentine was sticking a thumb up, or Fred Hart was sticking a thumb up <laughs> Greg Valentine's ass, so I'm a little surprised. I can't say he was laughing, but it's like, you know when you tickle someone on the chin and they go, hey, oh, hey, hey, yeah, it looked yeah. like that. I can it's see it, though. That hidden, that hidden uh, laugh spot. I can see yes, it. Yes, that, yes. That, that, that's what it looked like to me. Yeah, I loved when, when Drew was, like, asking the refs for help. <laughs> <laughs> and then once uh, once Raven hits the ring, and then Drew just kind of like just, <laughs> and then waves, <laughs> and then off he goes. Yeah, well, yeah, and then he jogs gently, and then high fives people on the way out. Great performance, Drew. <laughs> Which leads me into a question here on why did Raven help? Why does Raven care about Drew Carey? <laughs> why does Raven want to go after Kane? <laughs> That's a good question. Because you, I, I mean, if get there's Drew Carey. I mean, if you, even on a character standpoint, like, I feel like Raven is a character that is, like, the last person that would like a Drew Carey. Well, I think it's more of a, like, okay, let's see, hmm, Dudley Do-Right or Kane, hmm, which should I go at? I'm going to go after the big guy that will probably be able to take this trash can lid shot no problem like i yeah that's the that's the part i was a little i'm not so more i don't think it's more so, so raven's concerned with drew i think it's more like why would you go after kane i'd be like okay uh you have your choice of either like going after the great kali or hornswoggle which do you attack mm, <laughs> i think i'm gonna go after kali sounds like a great decision darwinism at its finest <laughs> uh and then i also have as a note here that 
Al Snow runs out mm-hmm. and beats up Raven, but the important thing for this podcast, at least, it's before the countdown. Yep. <laughs> That's right, yeah. This is Nikolai 2001. Well, not really, Just because something. he wasn't up his ass like he was, like Nikolai was in 1988. <laughs> and subsequently, wait, we just did um, 98, where it was we had the same situation for Owen Hart and Jeff Jarrett. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, but I don't understand when people run out ahead. Unless they have some feud that I forgot, which is very, very possible. Uh, actually, there is, because Raven put Al Snow out of commission for a few weeks. Like, he beat the crap out of Al Snow, and I think this was the night Al Snow came back, actually. Oh, okay. I do, I do miss the hardcore division. I'll just say that right now. Here's a question for you. Do you prefer... A hardcore division such as what we're experiencing right now, or do you prefer a 24-7 rule? Ooh. I don't mind the 24-7 rule if it's done well. Exactly. That's And I, I think that's pretty much what everybody w- w- would say. Like, the hardcore division, and uh, actually... We were. I was talking about this before we got on here. Uh, I think, and and I'm not sure if you guys were able to to f- find out this, and I, I'm sure you guys will when you get to. But I was thinking back to when I was watching this part with Al Snow, Kane, and Raven with all the hardcore shenanigans and stuff. I think this is the last Rumble where we see that, where we see any sort of hardcore shenanigans. Like I don't remember in the 2002. I don't remember in the 2003 because actually I was at the 2003 Rumble, and I don't remember like any like that was kind of when like hardcore was like being phased out. Mm. But as far as like the hardcore shenanigans, man, you talk about some of the fun fun memories. I won't go with too much of a tangent, but if it's done well, give me the 24/7 rule because you can have some really fun backstage segments with that. But this was also so fun with like the fire like raven did the fire extinguisher in kane's face al did the whole bowling ball in the uh in the in raven's crotch in the turnbuckle like just good old classic hardcore stuff good old-fashioned or vintage as michael cole would say mm-hmm. uh you're right i miss I, and i've said this on past episodes i miss like hardcore matches and you know you can't do it all the time but like i, don't know, I just kind of miss them and i like both the you know this kind of hardcore match and the 24 7 uh i i i loved Beating Kane with a trash can, and then I wrote, "Banging on a trash can, strumming yeah. by a streetlight." <laughs> yep. Hey, uh, Bill, why don't you uh, be- do the BB part? Banging on a trash can, strumming <laughs> on a streetlight. One little boy. Yeah, I get the band members playing no. with my banjo. <laughs> no, BB says think big. God damn. <laughs> one little voice is calling me calling me all right anyway after saturn comes out i start chanting ec dub because i'm like okay raven al snow saturn let's go i really enjoyed get kane getting beat for some reason i don't know why i uh i was actually going to mention that like the when they did the three-on-one assault on kane i mean given how well Kane's going to do in this rumble. It's a great little thing to see like 
they just went wailing on him. Yeah. You had Raven doing a headlock on him, like like because Raven's like a midget compared to Kane. So you have Raven like doing like the headlock on top of him. Meanwhile, Perry Saturn's trying to chop out his knee from behind him, and then Al Snow, because he's Al Snow, runs in with a street sign and just wails Kane in the face. I'm like, what? It, I felt like I was watching like a Jason Voorhees movie. Like they can't <laughs> put him down. It was really really great. And I, like I said, I don't know why. Then put, this is amazing. I love the hardcore Royal Rumble. <laughs> Bill, what do you have? I don't feel like we heard enough from you in this segment. Um, I wanted to point out when Kane had Drew in, you know, goozling him. Kane or Drew Goozle? drops the money. Okay. Well, you know, he's got choke slam him. Okay. Um, the referee takes the money. Hmm. Jimmy Corderas took the money. <laughs> How could you? You're an honorable man. Um, okay, I have some more signs. Yes, I love signs. Uh, some you'll understand, some you might not. Uh, the Saints need Kane. I don't know why the Saints made the playoffs that year, but that's not a good <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Raven needs a bath. Okay, and <laughs> Rumble on the River. What? Oh, is that Rumble where they're at? Rumble on the River. Yes. Are they in Mississippi? Roman. Well, aren't we? No, uh, yeah, it is, but, I mean, they're in New Orleans, right? Yeah. Rumble Bayou? I don't know. No, that, Connor, I mean, that, that makes more sense. sense. Not like, who thinks it's the Mississippi River? Bill, apparently. Uh, Bill. <laughs> actually, yeah, it does go right... Into New Orleans. So, yeah. that he's, so Technically, he's right. He's technically right, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Good for him. I'm glad he um, went to friggin' geography school <laughs> and was able to point that out to me. I'm very they glad. Have a ge- they have a geography school? Yeah, it's, it's, especially, <laughs> it's, it's especially made for people that want to know everything in the world. And their you teacher is Carmen the- San Diego. You can only find it if you're good at geography, ironically. <laughs> right. Well, it's you have to be accepted in, Connor. Yeah. But how can you find it if you're not good at geography? <laughs> right. Well, that's how they eliminate the weeds. <laughs> God damn it. Oh man. Connor, do you have anything else for this? I know we only have like probably only have like a minute or whatnot. Uh, Steve Blackman, I miss him immensely. Such a badass coming in with what I thought was like. Um, uh, bamboo sticks and just like wailing on everybody and also um you know what we'll get to it obviously but it's just again seeing what kane goes through here knowing that he's gonna keep going after this once we get to the next group of people but it's just like you know i i miss when they build out monsters like this and actually i think and, and i don't want to keep spoiling jumping around too much but um i'll, I'll mention towards the end about kane's record So now we get to 11 through 15, 11, Grandmaster Sexay, 12, The Honky Tonk Man, 13, The Rock, 14, The Good Father, and 15, Taz. And I have during this segment eliminated Sexay, Blackman, Snow, Raven, Saturn, Good Father, and Taz. And I will start the discussion this time because I wrote down, after The Honky Tonk Man comes out, I wrote down, God, Royal Rumbles nowadays suck. And then I wrote, great transition. This is 
one of the greatest transitions I've seen since the start of us doing this podcast. I, I agree with that. They trans successfully transitioned from having this all hardcore stuff to Honky Tonk Man and Kane does the hardcore bit where he hits him over the head with the guitar and then it turns into a Royal Rumble match, a regular Royal Rumble match. I, what a great transition. I don't know what else I could say about it. Um, Bill, you want to chime in? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I joke that the Honky Tonk Man is hardcore. Um, but no, it's really good. Uh, th- this booking at this point is done really well, especially getting to the rock because with no disrespect to the other men, you know, at this point, Kane hasn't really fought anyone yet. That is as good or as competitive at the rock as the rock, not saying that the, the other guys aren't because they are, but the rock is, you know, so big, so popular. He, he almost can't be touched. And it's just a good transition, and they really focus on it being one-on-one, you know, for those four, six minutes. Mm -hmm. Connor, you want to chime in on this? I mean, what a badass Kane was. I mean, he went from – you you hit the nail on the head with the transition thing. You went from all this crazy hardcore stuff with Raven, Snow, Saturn, Black Man, and even Grandmaster Sexay, who's no – not really more familiar with the hardcore stuff. But you throw him in there, what the hell, why not? Because that's the beauty of the hardcore division. Everyone's accepted. Um, He gets rid of all of them. Honky Tonk comes in. I'm sorry, I'm a huge mark for Honky Tonk because it's just a classic gimmick. It's one of those things where it's like, come on, it's a guy doing Elvis – Greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time. It's just, it's a classic. You and after we we saw with Drew Carey, you knew exactly what was going to happen with this one. I mean, he took that he took that guitar shot like a champ. Oh. Like I know he I know he's taken them before, but like I don't know, but that particular like just, um, I just love how he's like stand back, little big you know big man here. I'm just gonna, and Kane's just tilting his head like what in God's name are you doing? And then Kane <laughs> just takes it from him and just wails him on it. I mean he just like a champ. He threw him out pretty hard too. Like I mean it wasn't just like a soft little like, toss. I mean he just he chucked him. Not that you know Honky Tonk was in the greatest of shape but still. And Kane's reaction after he hits him just shaking his head that, that could be one of the original like gifts of today. Just the way he shakes his head like <laughs> No, dude. No. Yeah, just like what? And that was the, that's something I missed about Kane was that he had he didn't he didn't speak much, but he was able to use his mannerisms very well to just convey the like mm-hmm. WTF. And that was the beautiful part about the whole thing. Um, Rock coming out um, was you know it's funny I didn't I, I maybe I'm just, maybe this is just, just me he didn't get as big of his pop as I thought he did. Yeah. Looking back, I yeah mean... I. I Maybe because it was because Austin was still there. Like that's what I was thinking too. Because I think I have my my little note here. He gets the loudest pop of the night, bar none. Mm-hmm. But I was surprised with Rock's popularity at that time. I would have thought he would have gotten a bigger. One. I'm not saying that his pop wasn't great. It was it was you know pretty big pop. But I just thought it would be a little bit more. I, I I don't know. Maybe that was just me. And then like you guys said with the transition, you go from hardcore to honky tonk men. And then him and Rock just have like um a, what probably like a standard match until good father comes in and lasts of all of whatever time he has <laughs> he doesn't really stay in there very long and then uh it's taz and same deal yeah <laughs> oh let's talk about taz because this is a guy that and, and this you could find royal rumble 2000 in the archives right now for this podcast 
this is a guy that went from hero to zero within a year. Yep. I mean, he was a. I mean, granted, the last year wasn't the Royal Rumble match, but you know, we talked. Oh yeah, that's right. We gotta find somewhere to fit in the rest of this Royal Rumble card at some point. <laughs> Maybe the next segment. All right, let's let's aim for the next segment to go through that. Good call. Um, but wow, it just amazes me like how far he has fallen. Bill, what do you you think? Since you obviously did Royal Rumble 2000 with me. Um. Yeah. Because I because I remember Taz got huge pop in New York. Well, it was in New York, but still, yes. that was a huge pop. And then for him to go from the towel-wearing, ass-kicking SOB to the jumpsuit-wearing, Sunday Night Heat commentating, <laughs> son of a gun. Um, you got it. So, and I also have, I, I don't know if this is from your same sign guy or if it's a different person. I saw a sign saying, my crap is bigger than Taz. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I do have that. Also, I did forget a note about the, uh, when Kane and the Honky Talk Man, when Kane hits Honky Talk Man with the guitar, Lawler yells out, he's a musicator. Yep. <laughs> Got to protect your cousin somehow, right? So, I'm, so I, I mean, at this point, I'd like to invite Kane to be part of Now That's What I Call Podcasting, which is the other show that I do where I talk about the Now That's What I Call Music series on a track-by-track basis. Don't worry, Kane. I'll be doing that show till I'm 70, so you're, there's more than enough time for you to join in. Just well, I saying. wonder, and, and, and this is going to be a little bit of the kid in me, I wonder if Jerry Lawler got that line from a Bugs Bunny cartoon because there's a line. <laughs> no, I'm serious because there's a cartoon where there's like this opera singer and he's trying to practice for his show and Bugs keeps interrupting him. And the first line Bugs says is, oh, he's a music hater. Mm. So I wonder. He probably if, did. Maybe. I mean, Lawler's a, a fan of cartoons. He does his own illustrations and whatnot. So, um, not I'm not surprised if that would be the case. And yeah. plus, I mean, Lawler's great at one-liners anyway. So, yeah, he is. Well, she got Bill. Uh, other signs in this segment besides uh, my crap is bigger than Taz. Uh, the guy proclaims himself as entry number thirty-one. Which we know is not true. Well, it's Virgil's spot anyway. Exactly, it's Virgil's spot. Uh, then there's another sign. There's a rumble in my pants. (laughs) 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 That may be the best one. Uh, then, uh, he has the rock beat up my sign. Alright. His his high point is the rumble in his pants, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I get, I get, I gotta admit, like seeing the signs back then, man, the creativity was off the charts. Oh my god, yes. Uh, uh, Connor, do you have anything else you want to add as this segment's coming to a close in a bit? I believe. I guess the only thing I'll add, and I, I'll kind of touch base this when we get to the next group of people, is I kind of wished the right to censor was more bundled together. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw The Good Father, we saw um, Bull Buchanan at the beginning, and I know we'll get one more later on. But I kind of wish that we saw them more, like, at least a combination of the two. I mean, granted, we saw Kane, like, tearing through everyone like freaking tissue paper, but um, I don't know. That's the only, like, kind of, like, slight little thing I just, I kind of noted. And you're right, Taz's fall from grace, I mean, 
what the hell? I do remember like watching his debut uh, in the Garden and seeing like how like massive of a pop he got. And now he's in there for literally, and I'm not making this up. I looked up the time, ten seconds. In fact, I'm pretty <sighs> sure he has the record for being in the Rumble the shortest, no pun intended, time. Wow, what a sad story of for Taz. Um, Just another victim. Yeah, yeah. All right, Bill, what else do you got? Um, okay, I have here, and I'm not sure if this would be considered another animal comparison, because okay. we've had those in the past. <laughs> I'm glad we keep uh, track of them. Jim Ross says that Kane is a carnivore. Hmm, yeah, I guess that would qualify. Okay, so Kane is a carnivore. And then, also, uh... Jerry Lawler needs an update on Trish Stratus. Why? What happened to her? Well, she got into a fight with Stephanie McMahon in the title match. So he keeps asking updates. Like, is Trish alright? This might be a good time to transition into the rest of the card after this next segment then. If I Um, if I don't even remember that. Yeah. Um, how much time do we have left? That's the first time we're saying it on this episode. Yeah, I know. We're very good, Jim. I'm like, oh, oh. Eight, All right. Six, five, four, three, two, one. All right. So now we get to 16 through 20. 16, Bradshaw. 17, Albert. 18, Hardcore Holly. 19, K Quick. And 20, Val Venus. And I have, during this segment, eliminated no one? Yay! This is, yeah. like, the second time we've ever had this yeah. game. Well, you know what scared me is my notes. Usually when I have the segment saying eliminated, I write down no one. And this time it's blank. And I'm like, did I, like, zone out and not record this? <laughs> All right, good. Uh, let's talk about the rest of the card before we forget about it. Okay. So... We had a match for Sunday Night Heat, and Jim mentioned this one a little bit earlier on. Um, Lowdown, Chaz and D'Lo Brown defeated Kai and Ty, and this match was, technically it was a qualifying match, because whichever team won, one member of that team got to go into the Rumble, and as Jim says... Neither one of them got a chance. So we'll, we will never know who was going to go in. Poor Kai and Tai. Second straight year in a row. Getting denied. Hey, at least they're not getting called Chinese this year. Right, that's true. <laughs> uh, on to the main show. The Dudley Boys defeated Edge and Christian to win the tag team titles. Chris Jericho defeated Chris Benoit in a ladder match to become the new Intercontinental Champion. That match was nuts. I remember it was. that one. It really was. Uh, Ivory beat China to retain the women's title. I know that doesn't make sense, but it happened. And Kurt Angle defeated Triple H to stay the WWF champion. Mm -hmm. All right. So the first thing I have here is get rowdy Mm -hmm. and how much I loved K-Quick. And he's definitely one of those guys that... I've actually disliked more and more as his career went on. In other words, what I'm saying is I prefer K-Quick to Ron the Truth Killings in TNA when he was part of 3 Live Crew 
but I prefer that Ron Killings over when he came back to WWE. And I prefer that one over whatever he is currently. R-Truth. R-Truth, sorry. That's uh, okay. So he, he's one of two wrestlers that I can think of off the top of my head. I think I said the other one on a past episode. If not, I'm sure he'll be talked about. Is this the beginning of the end for Venus? Who? I at this point in time, I would say yes, because I had in my notes Val with the most clothes on ever. <laughs> yeah, because of you know the gimmick. Um, it, it is because he, if I remember correctly, he is nowhere near the invasion angle that happens later this year. Is like, it because he's released, though, or is he still under contract? I think he's still under contract. Okay. Connor, do you want to weigh in on either of those two things? And then what else do you have? What do you have on this? Connor, are you there? Connor. Hello, Connor. Did we lose him? Uh, No, he's still on. All uh, right. He might have muted himself. Well, we so sorry, I had a little technical difficulty there. there sorry go. about that, guys. I thought you were upset with us that we uh, discouraged the fine name of Val Venus. <laughs> How dare you? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, no, for some reason, I don't know why, my computer decided to say, hey, we're going to go ahead and restart all of a sudden in the middle of a conversation. So sorry about that. Get rowdy. Um, it, yeah. God. Um, th- th- so for these, this part, I was kind of like okay with this only because I figured it slowed the pace down for the rumble. Um, with like nobody getting eliminated in this one, like you said at the very beginning, which is very strange. Although I'm not sure if you guys mentioned this earlier, I did enjoy the sign that said, "Hey, Rocky, want a piece of my pie or slice of my pie?" <laughs> Ooh, all right, it's a good sign. Um, that one saw that in the very end. Uh, one thing I did note here, um, Albert, and I have a big soft spot in my heart for uh, Albert A Train, Prince Albert, Prince Albert or Cam, whatever you want to call him. Ten um, te- oh God, sweet tea, <laughs> sweet tea. Um, wow, you're really turning on him in this 10 seconds we're talking about. <laughs> right? Um, he's actually from my neck of the woods, so of course I have a soft spot for him. And man, he hit Kane with a big boot that just looked absolutely beautiful. I don't know if you guys caught that. I did. A moment where he came out in the corner. I was just like, good God, how much more punishment is Kane going to have? Um, kind of made me bummed that, you know, Albert really wouldn't do a whole lot with his stuff, but it just kind of made me miss, like, oh, man, he was so good. Um, Bradshaw still looks like a monster like uh, Farouk does. Like, again, time didn't really... Ah, he just scared the hell out of me in this one. Um, but really, the thing I liked about this is the fact that the Rumble slowed down, because we had so much craziness just before this with we had the Hardys, we had the hardcore stuff, then we had the Hunky Talk Man, the Rock coming in, and so now it's kind of starting to slow the pace down a little bit, which means you know someone's going to come in and really start to like just clean house as they usually do. So I didn't mind that, but it really wasn't anything aside from that Albert big boot that I saw that was just like, Oh damn. Mm. Um, Bill, what else do you have? And if you don't have anything, then I would like you to wrap the K quick theme song. Oh God. Well, I, I talk about pressure. Time. Yeah, I know you're putting me in a lot of pressure. No, um, under pressure. Bradshaw <laughs> hits a, Damn good clothesline from hell on Kane. I miss those. I miss those so much when he was at his peak doing those. Those things were disgustingly bad. I know. I mean, that was just nasty. And then um, I wrote, somebody did a powerbomb in this part. 
in the Royal Rumble. I think it was H. I think it was Albert because he did one to. Um, hold on, I got a note here. He did one to. I think it was Hardcore Holly. Yeah. Uh, no, it was Bradshaw actually. Oh. <laughs> Whoopsie. <laughs> All right, I don't have anything else. Great, Kate Quicksilver, go for All it. Right. <laughs> All right. I, now, now I want, now I want some hot. Like, I want like chocolate milk for some reason. I want some Nesquik. <laughs> All right, look, Bill, I'll give you a choice. You either do Kate Quick or you do the three live proof theme. Oh, I'm doing Kate Quick. Uh, as much as you can without looking it up on Google. Damn it! <laughs> I know some of it's like, was it so many damn styles get tossed up in the mix? Getting so rowdy. No, it's it's. I'll be the rash on your ass, hollering, suffering, oh psychotic. What? That can't yep. be the. That is that really the lyric? That really is the lyric. Yeah. Oh my god, ladies and gentlemen, are well, wow, just wow. That's <laughs> we're getting rowdy. wow. Really? <laughs> we're getting rowdy. Yeah. Oh, what about the K? What about when Truth did it with uh, or uh, K Quick did it with Road Dog? That was so short-lived, and I really remember liking that, too. Yeah. I th- didn't, I think Road Dog got in, like, some kind of trouble, and he got fired. Yeah. yeah so, so what happened was he, I think, I could be wrong, I think he was brought into the company with Road Dog's help. Then Road Dog got released, and they're like, well, we have nothing else for you, so bye. And then, of course, TNA 3 Live Crew. Yeah, beware. Coming for you. It's the oh, remix. You, you better call somebody. The D-O-double-G and gate quick get round. I, I just transitioned from the TNA song to the fucking <laughs> WWE song. It's the rumble. Screw it. Let's do it. Yeah. Those, um, uh, was, I like the, the 3 Live Crew song that too. The Sun Tan Superman. Alright, Bill. What else do you have? Oh, nothing because you have to sing. Connor, what do you have to end? I can't one. sing. I'll put it that way. Um, no, the I mean, the only thing I'll reiterate is again, Val Venus. The whole, I'm actually surprised these guys last as long as they did. Not that they're it's bad, you know. But like I said, I like the slower pace of everything. Um, these guys would last a while too. I was looking through like the time frame of how long these guys would last in the Rumble, and each one of these guys would last like around like a 10, 15 minute spot. So I'm just surprised. I mean, uh, eh, I shouldn't be surprised, but yeah. I'm glad the, the pace slowed down because once we get these next five in, I'm, t- I'm trying to do the, the numbers here. Yeah, once we get these next five, then we're going to have some real fun again. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was having fun listening to Bill try to do K-Quick. <laughs> the saying. <laughs> you know, I, actually, real quick, because I remember uh, I, I actually used to have a copy of the Ron Killings shoot interview. <laughs> and what, what, can I ask what would make you buy that one in particular? I have you know what? This was when I was – well, I mean I'm still a Ring of Honor fan, but this was when I was like I would buy anything that was Ring of Honor related. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter. So in the shoot interview, he said that he and Road Dog were actually supposed to win the tag titles at one point. I think it was supposed to be at Armageddon. Because they were really good. I liked the yeah. team. And then it never happened because of that goddamn Road Dog. Yep. Oh, you didn't know? Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All right, now we get to 21 through 25. 21, William Regal. 22, Test. 
23 Big Show, 24 Crash Holly, and 25 The Undertaker. And I have during this segment eliminated Regal, Tess, Kate Quick, Big Show, Bradshaw, Crash, Albert, Bob Holly, and Venus. And we'll start the discussion off with Connor. The very first thing I made a note of was the fact that Regal still did his, like, English wave to people while running down to the rumble ring. I thought that was absolutely hilarious. He would like, you know how he does like the Queen's wave, like the, mm. the royal like slow palm wave? He would like jog a little bit, stop, do it, smile at someone, run again, stop, smile, and look at his I just thought that was absolutely hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um Taker got a very good pop for this one. I was actually very surprised, but then again, so did Big Show. And uh this they mentioned on commentary that Big Show coming back and I don't know about you guys, but I remember what Big Show looked like before he left, and uh, I know he he ends up looking better in years per- and worse in years to come. But yeah. I thought he looked damn good in this one. I thought he looked really good, not just obviously his performance, but as far as like his physique. I think this is like one of the slimmest we've seen him since he came to WWE or F whatever they call him at this time. And uh, I loved how he he's dominating like absolute crazy. Um, that was one of my favorite things about the whole thing. Crash made me laugh. Just again, just memories of Crash, and then Taker getting a very nice pop when he comes in. Um, although I was kind of surprised, I was kind of surprised that. Um, wait, is Big is Big Show eliminated in this part here? Yeah. Yes. Okay, that was the, that was the part that kind of surprised me the most because I mean, with Raw coming in like kind of hiding out of the way and then coming back in and eliminating Big Show, I thought they would have uh, they would have done more with him but i did like the fact that the big show uh takes out rock outside the ring i do love when they utilize that i feel like they do that way too much now but i did like how they did the whole thing where like rock gets choke slammed outside the ring and then taker shows up and it kind of makes you forget about the rock for a little bit as we'll see in later on the rumble yeah i i'm gonna piggyback off two things you said number one is i'm glad that you wrote like that he's you know people remember what he looked like before he left because I didn't remember that he was out during this period. Now, can one of you tell me, was it because of an, well, it probably was an injury, but also, did they write him out like someone took him out? How did this all come about? Do either of you two remember? I'm trying to look up, I I think I remember, but I I don't want to misquote anything here, um, because I think he did... Yeah, let me just see here. Yeah, he went. He went. This is when he went down to OVW. Oh, okay. Then when he was sent down to OVW to kind of trim up, lose weight, improve his overall um, physique, which he, it it freaking shows. Because I remember yeah. that he he mentioned that in like an interview and in documentaries in the past, where like he came in like a bat out of hell, like just really like ran through. He won the title. Yeah, and then. He had to like slow down because they're like, oh, you know, you really don't know as much as you, you know, we we pushed you way too quick, and then they sent him down to OVW to kind of learn the basics all over again, like kind of retrain. Um, so that's what happened is that they kind of and, and like I said, it freaking shows, and he did a great job in this match. Mm-hmm. And then I put down Big Show pulls Rock out uh, to show that he's a sore loser, such a much like uh, Hogan did that one year. Yep. <laughs> Uh, brother right <laughs> once again bill test runs out before the clock there's no reaction for test when he comes out because like the year before he got a pretty good reaction because yeah. he almost married stephanie mcmahon here there's no reaction wait bill i just thought of something 
Mm-hmm. He did this last year. Remember, he came out early to attack the boss man. That's right. Ah, oh, Tess, you uncreative son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hey, you know what? I should have, instead of having you do Kate Quicksong, really should have had you do Tess this song. Oh, that's real easy. All right, go ahead. Test, test. This is a test. Test, test. Uh, this... no. What What about... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> You sound like Swedish chef. That's what it sounds like. I don't know about that. I don't know if I agree with that. Um. Okay, wait. Back on track. Six on one versus Kane. The Undertaker saves Kane. And then Jim Ross yells out, And now what? And now what? <laughs> Love it. I love it. This is one of those shows that I really miss the JR King commentary at like its peak. Like I felt like it kind of like down the road, like towards the end, it, it wasn't the same. But like this was like this was gold because JR was just so into everything. And then Lawler would just come in with a little sucker punch. And I just love it. So it's pretty clear that Kane and The Undertaker are in cahoots mm-hmm. based on this. But and I wish I wrote this note down. I don't. I don't know if this is this segment or next segment. Maybe one of you guys can tell me. I'll, um, at one point, I think one of them, either Jim Ross or JR, uh, Jim Ross or Jerry Lawler, says, "Oh, and we like he alludes like we still don't know if Undertaker and Kane are together." I'm like, "Did you just watch what happened?" <laughs> Jeez, love it. Um, but, uh, Connor, what do you have? What, anything else for this segment? No, actually, it reminded me of the whole Taker Kane thing. Is is I again going back to what we were saying at the very beginning of this whole thing of, of having so many different storylines happening at once. So you have you know Kane dominating, Kane and Taker being on the same page. Rock's taken out. Rock might come back in the Rumble. Might <clears throat> spoiler, uh, uh, and Big Show having a problem with him. Like it sets up so many things. Not maybe for Mania, but like just there's so many things you can do creatively from this and from so many different interactions like even the hardcore stuff we talked about at the beginning and the Kane Taker stuff I just loved it because again they've been teasing it for so long leading into this you saw the you see what happens um and then what happens in the next group of people I just I just love the constant like it's not just about one thing there are so many different things going on at once mm-hmm. Bill what else do you got um when William Regal gets eliminated, Jr. says that Regal was besmirched and molested. Molested? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a pretty accurate statement, actually. Uh, then I had when Big Show had Rock go for the Spanish table because everyone does that. So I'm maybe they wanted to give them a night off. Uh, two more signs. Yes. Uh, England is that way. That's obviously <laughs> William Regal. Okay. And my yard, my foot, your ass. All right. Ooh, so far, his well, peak like was that. his peak was the last batch. Oh, of that. the the rumble in his pants. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that, that you can't beat that. It's gonna be hard. Because I'm just picturing someone going up and going like the buzzer. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, uh, the, 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 Connor, what else do you have? I think I'm running out of uh, notes here for this segment. 
Um, I miss Regal. I miss the whole Regal. Like, I'm just thinking when I see this Rumble, I was thinking back to like the characters and the wrestlers and all that. And like I said, with the Regal waving as he's running down, I just thought it was hilarious and just made me miss Regal's performances. You're right. Test was just nothing. No reaction. No nothing. It's just oh, cool. Good to see him too. Um, and then Taker. Obviously, I pop for Taker because I'm a huge Taker mark. But yeah, um, that's pretty much the big stuff I can think of off of my head for this part. How did you feel about? Because at this point, the Undertaker is, um, he's Biker Undertaker basically now, if, if mm-hmm. not fully. But how did you mm-hmm. feel about Biker Undertaker versus like Ministry Undertaker? Like, what's how does that rank for you in as far as like, um, gimmicks go? If I could do a cheap plug for a moment, sure. um, we actually uh, there's a show I do on my youtube channel cheap plug uh called wrestling retrospective where myself and my friend jake uh we go deep diving we actually chronicle a whole career of a wrestler and we just did undertaker part one uh and we're also gonna be doing part two and because we had to split his career it's so freaking massive looking looking back at everything i think uh undertaker as the american badass the biker taker version was great at the right time and for the right amount of time like it wasn't it didn't it didn't go too far it didn't last it wasn't too stale it humanized him so you can kind of do a little bit more not that you know all we took that's the supernatural powers too seriously i think it was a nice fresh take on him uh no pun intended that was needed but at the same time didn't overstay its welcome all right very good i'm glad that you got a plug in there because you know what bill that's what we should start doing rather than you plugs at the end Let's just randomly put it in there. I think that might be a good thing for us to do. So, Connor, you're a trailblazer when it comes to that. It's my new yes. idea. Eight, seven, Perfect timing. Six, and this is the last group of five. 26, Scotty Tuhati. 27, Stone Cold Steve Austin. 28, Billy Gunn. 29 Haku and 30 Rikishi. And as we make our way to the final four, I have eliminated Scotty Tuhati, Haku, Undertaker, and Rikishi. For some reason, I have for Rikishi written down Rishi, R I S H I. There's no time for the K, damn it. There wasn't. I guess I was like, no, I can't be bothered. I have to take these notes down. Uh, Austin comes out and Triple H attacks. Um, Rock is double teamed by The Undertaker and Kane. And guys, how do you feel about the one Billy Gunn? I mean, he's got it all. He's the one. He is. Gotta love him. Gotta hate him. Gotta push him. Gotta shove him. <laughs> Flaunt him. Kiss him. Hug him. Squeeze him. Now, he's an ass man. Now, I, I, I do want to say, because I haven't seen this rumble in years until you know getting ready for this and something that i wrote down and and i want to see if you guys if you agree with me or disagree with me on this when austin is getting beat up by undertaker or not by undertaker by triple h i felt this would have been a good time to have a split screen of what's going on because there's stuff going on in the ring i agree it's like i want to see what's going on it's great that we have you know, Triple H coming back to beat up on Stone Cold, but, you know, where's... I want to see the action that's in the ring, as well as outside. Mm-hmm. I agree. 
Come on, Bill. I know there's a special note that you have ready to go. Um, Do it. You know what I mean. And if you didn't catch this, I'm very disappointed in you. Uh oh, no pressure. Is it is Under it about pressure? Is it about Haku? Yes. He killed WCW. No, but oh, well, no, well that too. But no, I I think I know where you're going with. That. I I do want to know more about that because when you read the the roll call of champions earlier, mm-hmm. you probably heard me do a loud like. <gasps> yeah. Because I didn't know that he was the hardcore champion. Oh, I thought you were going to refer to how he's. I thought you were going to refer to Haku's elimination. Right. Um, no, Haku comes out to the head shrinkers theme. All right, I'm just going to tell you. Jim Ross <laughs> says, Haku, one of the baddest animals you'll ever see. Oh! Damn it, Bill. You're the animal guy. <laughs> how did I miss that? Wow. Unbelievable. But no. I, I've always joked that when Haku went back to WWF and he you know returns to this match, I have joked that's the final death nail for WCW. <laughs> so Eric Bischoff, Vince Russo, they didn't kill WCW. Haku did. Agreed. <laughs> and what's funny is uh, going through that, he had just won the hardcore title Seven days earlier at a WCW pay-per-view. So what happened? Do either of you two know? Like, did he? Did they just say "fuck it"? The hardcore division's done, or pretty much? Did they? Okay, so we'll never hear about. Well, I guess we already did. No, because they closed. That's right. Mm-hmm. Wow. He got out just in time. Yes, he did. Kind of piggyback, piggybacking off of. What I just said, where Jim Ross says, Haku, one of the baddest animals you'll ever see. Correct me if I'm wrong, and I could be wrong with this. I've always felt that Haku slash Ming was booked more like a badass in WCW, not mm-hmm. WWE. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, hands down. And the thing is, I love Haku when he's a member of the Heenan family, but that is not when he's at his most badass. Mm-hmm. It is when he's in WCW. Uh, Connor, what do you have for this segment? I have a lot. <laughs> I mean, right? probably because it's so chaotic. Well, th- th- like, make sure it's before the final four because that's its own separate section. Yes, I'm gonna try to. I'm trying to keep a track here of. Um, I'm trying to keep track of who the final four is. I'm just trying to make sure I have. I mean, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you right okay. now. It's Billy Gunn, just... Austin Rock, and Rikishi. Billy Gunn, Austin Rock. Okay, yeah. So, no, I've still got plenty of this. But, I mean, it's just so cra- crazy how how much happens in this time frame. So, of course, Scotty comes out. I wrought, and like I mentioned before with the whole Taz thing, Scotty lasts longer than Taz in the Royal Rumble. Just keep that in mind, folks. <laughs> um uh, just so much craziness. Triple H attacks Austin. Rock gets back in the ring and starts going crazy. I mean, not only do you have like an epic amount of star power here with Triple H and Austin on the outside, and then Rock, Kane, and Taker inside, but just like you said, I think the split screen thing, you hit the nail on the head with that one as far as um, they really should have done that because it would have been so great. Even if they just had like a shot of just keeping track of Austin. Um, Haku, very underrated. Again, like you were saying earlier, they definitely treated him like a badass in WCW. And he, uh, man, it just it shakes my head. But man, when Rikishi came to the ring and Austin just comes up right behind him before he gets in, 
like covered in blood, just wailing on him. Great stuff. I mean, Austin, like I mentioned earlier, had the hugest pop of the night. This was like the epitome of the excitement for me because like just there's so much crap happening at one time. It's insane. Um, I also laughed at Haku's elimination I was mentioning earlier where like Austin hit him and he like practically eliminated himself. Like he was pretty much out of the ring mm-hmm. and Austin just went like a little extra push. Like, go back and watch, like, Haku's, like, half his body, like, three-quarters of his body's out the ring. Austin could have just kicked him and he would have been out. Mm. Could have just been, boop, but it was, it was just a weird one. I was kind of bummed that, um, I was kind of bummed that Taker got eliminated the way he did. Right. With just that uh, one kick. I mean, I, I get it, Rikishi was coming off a big heel run with the Austin thing right before. He's a bad but man. But just, I, I know, but it's just, I mean, I feel like, I mean, I feel like they didn't go anything with it. I mean, granted, Taker did that thing to him last month at the, at the pay-per-view before with the Armageddon Hell in a Cell where he chokeslammed him off of it. Yeah. So maybe that was receipt for that. But other than that, I was kind of like a little disappointed. But other than that, good God, <laughs> so much <laughs> just happened in such a short amount of yeah. time. Good gracious. And then, I mean, we'll get to the final four when we get to the final four. But I mean, just still, holy crap. So one of the things that I have here is that you kind of mentioned it when, you know, Austin's all bloody and Rikishi, um, you know, Rikishi goes after Austin, but it completely backfires and Austin starts just hammering away on Rikishi. thought that was really good. And I always like hearing Rikishi's bad man song. Oh, yes. He's a I bad man that. giving bad men bad looks, prince among thieves and crooks. He wants bad women. Like, <laughs> I love the weird like noise. It's like before. It's like ah. <laughs> See, wait, wait. I well, I always thought that that was supposed to be the sound of like a car moving because he, um, because he ran over Austin. <laughs> Maybe I, I thought that's it what it was. Weird to hear. It's a weird. I don't know what the hell it is. It's a weird mm, noise. Yeah, like the car's moving. You know, because he did it for the Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill, what do you have for this? I. Now, I watched this on the network, and we don't talk about this very much because they haven't done it a lot, you know, watching these. They edited Austin's theme in this one. Oh, okay. They do not get the disturbed theme. Ah, Don't get those. That's my favorite one. I know. It's so good because it's like – because I'm watching it, and my thinking is, wait a minute. You're going to play Limp Biscuit, but yet – they're, They're WWE's gonna... favorite band, Bill. Screw that! I wanted the <laughs> version of Stone Cold Steam. It was so good. It, it really was. That was my fa- like. I, I, the classic's great, but man, that disturbed one. I wish they did that more, more often. I was so disappointed. Well, uh, Bill, is there any signs before we're, we're done here? When we uh, for not until the end. Oh, there is. There's at least one more sign left. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm excited. Uh. I don't really have anything else, so if no one else has anything to add, we'll go into the final four segment. All right. Sounds good to me. All right. So I'm just going to read you all the way till win, till who wins, and then you'll add anything after that. So it comes down to Austin, Rock, Rikishi, and the one, Billy Gunn. Austin, <laughs> yeah. Don't you mean Kane? Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. You're right. It's Kane. Good call. I guess it's gotta I be Kane. It's got to be Kane. <laughs> Billy Gunn, Austin Rock, and Kane. Austin eliminates Gunn. Then we get a little bit of Austin versus Rock, which was great. Then Kane eliminates the Rock. Then Austin eliminates Kane, and Austin wins. Chime in. 
if you have anything, I thought you guys did. Um, uh, oh, good. Sorry. No, my my question. My I wrote a question. Who did Billy Gunn sleep with to get in the last four? How Seriously, what the hell? This was. I think this is the whole like. This was part of that whole like. We're gonna try and push him. Man, oh man, we are going to try and push him. Come hell or high water, we are going to try to push him. Billy, he's the one. I, 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 I got a book for my birthday uh, about two or three years ago. My nephew got me this, and it was a book of the 100 greatest WWE matches okay. of all time. This match is, is on the list. So there's a part in, in the description of the match that is like, it came down to the final four. Stone Cold Steve Austin, Kane, The Rock, and Billy Gunn. They don't even call him the one in the book? Nope, they just call him oh Billy Gunn. Oh my god. <laughs> Ouch. Poor yeah. Billy. I know. Come on, uh, did you have something for this? I thought... Yeah. I mean, kind of piggybacking off what I said of the last thing, just again, so much chaos happening at once. And the big thing for me about this whole ending was uh, the, the last five going into the final four was just so much going on. The Rock coming back, and I know he's not part of the final four per se, but um, at least I don't think. Is Rock part of the final four? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Oh, he is. Okay. I wasn't sure if it was him or I couldn't remember who the other one was. Um, you're right. The Austin Rock stare down thing was awesome. And it's funny because – you know, in more modern times, you now see the Rumble kind of tease maybe one or two or maybe even three or even four of, like, the top guys that are going to be the next year. It's kind of funny that they kind of basically teased the main event of WrestleMania with both men in the ring at the same time, which is not really done that often anymore, if at all. <laughs> like, usually the championship is protected, and it's like, okay, that person's not going to lose the belt. Um, but it's kind of interesting that they kind of gave us a WrestleMania preview. Again, great visual with Austin's blood coming down. I did kind of thought it was kind of clever that they threw Kane through the middle rope mm -hmm. to kind of tease the elimination. But again, Kane's just a monster in this one. I mean, no pun intended. Uh, I did kind of like the, 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 the Rock-Austin double elimination where – it looked like they were gonna, he was going to eliminate both of them, but really it was just Rock that got dumped out. So it kind of left some things unsettled for Austin and Rock, which again, sh foreshadowing the mania. Again, i got to give the MVP award to Kane on this one, not just for lasting the longest in this Rumble, um, but as I was mentioning earlier, he holds this record for total eliminations in the Royal Rumble match for... I, it's got to be at least 17 years, I think. It was only broken recently. Um, but, I mean... Jeez, they made him look like an absolute, like just untouchable monster in this one, which I loved. Mm -hmm. Which I do want to point out that uh, that's something as part of this podcast we will be evaluating if that number is actually true, the Kane number that they are giving. I am keeping track of that, and I think you know, I think I feel comfortable announcing this. Probably when we get to episode twenty-five, we'll have a sort of a progress report. I'm not sure if that will be in. A, just a non-Royal Rumble uh, episode in general, just focusing on that, but I think that would be a good time to give a progress report on if they're on track of that number being real. Um, yeah, go ahead. Some oh. say something. Oh, um, no, I was just agreeing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I was also going to just say, I know that there's a lot of people that come close to it. Like, I know that between now and when that record is broken, um, 
when you guys do the other ones, I know that there are guys that come really close. Like I believe Kane's record in this one is 11. Mm-hmm. Um, let me just make sure I got this. Yeah. According to this, uh, the record's 11. I don't think they count Drew Carey as, yeah, they don't count Drew Carey's elimination for Kane. Well, um, they definitely shouldn't. So, I mean, and Mo- no, well, yeah, yeah no, they eliminated himself. Exactly. But no, Kane's re- Kane's record is 11 in this one. It's from this rumble and it is it holds true I think until like 2017. I, I can't remember which year it was, but I know that there was a couple of guys that came close to like either 9 or 10. So just a fun little factoid on that one cuz well, I was keeping track of it too. Well, what I'm I can tell you right now, the three people I'm tracking are Kane, Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker through all of these. Those are the three. And I already have one that I think uh, that we well, I'm saying no because I don't count it, which is from the 1994 Royal Rumble where they claim gotcha. that he eliminates Diesel when there's clearly no way he could even touch a bot, any part of Diesel in order for that to be counted. Um, but again, that's for another time. Bill, do you have anything else to add before we? Uh... Um, yeah, they they actually make an XFL reference. Really? Into the final three. <laughs> of course they do. Of course, now, you know, we're talking about it in 2019, and mm. the XFL will be back in 2020, so, you know, perfect timing. Wow. Um. Okay, the last sign I got confused, because I wrote it as one thing, and then I think I misread it. So the guy this should had be good. a Go sign, and I thought it said, the whoop-ass collection. That's what I thought it said. Okay. And then I mm-hmm. look at it again, and it says, the whoop-ass can is open. Okay. So, and then when Austin ran, wins, the crowd just goes ballistic. They go crazy. Yeah, I love that. That was great. All right, Bill, so it's time for the aftermath. Does the winner actually get their title shot at WrestleMania, and what happens? Yes, they do. And you know what? Austin did not have to deal with any shenanigans to get to WrestleMania. He didn't put his spot on the line, although he did have that two out of three falls match with Triple H at the next pay-per-view, but nothing was on the line for that one. Mm -hmm. So Austin goes right to WrestleMania where he is in the main event and he faces The Rock who beat Kurt Angle for the WWF title and Stone Cold Steve Austin beats The Rock with some assistance from Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. And you and I, Jim, we've said it before. We believe that is where the Attitude Era ends. 100%. Event. Yep. Yep, no disagreement for me here. Bill, is this, and, and this is definitely more of a question for you because, you know, Connor hasn't been on this show since day one. Um, is this... After nine, post-93, when we started jumping around, the cleanest path to WrestleMania. I would either say that one or 98, which is also Austin. That's true. That's a good point. So the two cleanest paths could very well both be for Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right, okay. And by the way, folks, when I say cleanest path, I mean that no shenanigans happened Mm -hmm. between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. They actually main evented, meaning they were the final match. Mm -hmm. Um, 
doesn't really matter if they won. I just kind of want them to be the final match and for no illogical story that, you know, that that's basically what it is. And yeah. a lot of them are very messy, in, in, and it, which still proves to this day in 2019. There's like maybe two or three others that post-93 could be in the mix, but I think Austin's is the cleanest. I agree. I think... Both. Yeah, I, it's surprising it's Austin for both, too. I figured, eh, I don't know. Um, all right, Connor, why don't you give uh, some final plugs before we head out of here? No problem. Uh, first and foremost, I had a blast, guys. This was really fun. Uh, thank you for having me on here. Uh, I, this is one of my favorite rumbles to talk about in general, and I love talking to pro wrestling. And if you guys want, who are listening to me out here in the internet land want to check out more of my stuff, you can uh, check out all my stuff on YouTube, youtube.com slash okfaber. That's with an R at the end. Or you can just search on YouTube and type in okfabe. I do all sorts of cool stuff where I do uh, random top fives, retro pay-per-view reviews, if that's your thing, just like on this show. Or you can also check out, I do weekly reviews of raw and smackdown and of course uh, my show called the random wrestling podcast which is a recap of all the rumors going on in the world of pro wrestling uh today and yeah you can also hit me up on twitter at okfabe where i frequently tweet random absurdities about the world of pro wrestling all right bill next episode it's one versus all yes but not what people may think i'm the one and everybody else is the all <laughs> Good anyone, luck with that one. Anyone but him. <laughs> oh, what a fucking wreck. All right. I'm already heated up just thinking about it. Uh, just to let everyone know, there's a 50-50 chance there's going to be a guest on for that episode. I haven't decided if I want to spend my time yelling at someone I just met. Now, I, if correct me if I'm wrong, Jim, but also next yeah. episode... We will be spinning the wheel again. Yes, we will. Yes, and it's we'll figure out our, our lineup for the upcoming months, and uh, yeah, we're gonna do four spin, four wheel spins, and one of them will probably have a special uh, surprise. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and by the way, I should hope Bill. I, I am expecting you to be on the side of the all for for next episode. <laughs> If you want me unless, to. Unless, 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 you know, we could go another route and you can team with me to be against it and everyone else is the Dungeon of Doom. Like oh. that uncensored match. <laughs> oh, as long as I don't have to cross path with Z Gangsta. That's all I have to say. Either that or he'll just show up really late. Yeah, he will. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, you can follow me on Matt's Podcasting on... Twitter and Instagram. Uh, like I said, the wheel spins coming next episode. So even if you want, even if you're like, oh, I don't want to hear you bad mouth 2016, you can just listen to the wheel spins. Do that then. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it for me. That's podcasting.com. All right. Uh, if you guys have any questions or comments, not only about this episode or any other episodes that we've discussed in the past, hit us up. It is eliminated3088 at gmail.com. That is eliminated3088 at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at House of Bill. And you can listen to my wrestling podcast, That Wrestling Show, which pops up each and every Friday on, well, pretty much where whatever, you know, uh, place that you get your podcast. iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, 
And that's also where you can listen to this podcast is by iTunes, Spotify, and iHeart Podcast. So next time around, Jim will be very fired up. It is the 2016 Royal Rumble. Oh boy, that's that's going to be a fun one. So until then, the 2001 Royal Rumble has been eliminated.